This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Friday afternoon, Veterans Day, November 11th. Good afternoon. Happy Veterans Day, and thank you for your service. If you're a veteran of the armed services, I'm Rob Hart. The Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. A leading cryptocurrency exchange is filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. We'll cover that in our next segment, but right now, it's been a busy week of data and reports, including the latest reading on consumer expectations where Joined by Brian Westbury, Chief Economist, First Trust Advisors in Wheaton. Brian, thanks for joining us today. The University of Michigan survey, uh, largely unchanged. Uh, consumer sentiment uh, still kind of down in the dumps. And uh, the people still feeling rather pessimistic about uh, inflation today and its trajectory in the future. Yeah, that's exactly right, Rob. You know, yesterday we had this massive rally in the stock market. You and I... Uh, uh, we're able to talk about it because of it, it looks like is the, the 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 monthly inflation numbers are, are kind of rolling over and heading down. I just I, I I think people the consumer confidence data we we see today says people are still fighting uh, this inflation. Their wages aren't keeping up with it. Gasoline is the almost the number one driver of consumer confidence, uh, and its prices is higher than they people remember 18 24 months ago and and so i i still believe that the economy is highly likely to go into a recession next year we we have to pay the price for printing all of that money borrowing all of that money and locking down the economy during covid so far we haven't felt it because the the government has been flooding the system i like to call it morphine it it yeah, you have a broken leg, but you don't feel it. And and we have a broken leg and we're going to have to end up getting that fixed. And I think that happens next year. But then in the years after that, we will recover. So I, I wouldn't be uh, running for the hills and thinking the world's coming to an end. But but uh, times are, are a little tough and I think they're going to get tougher. Well, to carry that uh, broken leg analogy a little bit further, the uh, Dr. Fed is on the job. Uh, Jerome Powell, uh, you can just imagine him wearing that uh, big reflector thing on his head, the old time, uh, <laughs> that old time piece of medical gear. And uh, when when they analyze, uh, you know, where where inflation is going, they have their tools, they have the nowcast. Right. But uh, do consumer expectations of where inflation is going to be a year from now play into their calculus? Uh, they do. Uh, the Federal Reserve likes to see consumers. Uh, they, the Federal Reserve believes that if you if we get inflation expectations, in other words, people expect it to be high, then they believe that keeps it high. I'm not uh, sold on that uh, analysis. Uh, what really creates inflation is when you print too much money, 
You hold interest rates too low for too long. And, and now the Fed is in the process of fixing those. So, so uh, by the time consumer expectations start to fall, uh, inflation will really, truly be on the way down. And I don't think it is yet. That's why I look at yes, the, the, the massive stock market rally because of a little bit better inflation numbers. I, I just I think that's a little bit of a head fake. And I caution investors uh, into believing that that all the pain is over. It's not. There is still pain in front of us. And a lot of it because uh, Dr. Powell uh, <laughs> is raising interest rates. Brian Westbury, Chief Economist, First Trust Advisors, based in Wheaton. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, the latest on the crypto exchange, FTX. Money Talks, as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The CEO of the cryptocurrency exchange, FTX, has stepped down as the company files for bankruptcy protection. Let's get the latest now from Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial, based in Chicago. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Uh, what a shocking reversal of fortune, and in some cases, literally, in the case of the CEO of FTX, uh, this company has experienced so far this year. Uh, in January and February, it was advertising in the Super Bowl, and this week the CEO apologizes on Twitter using some rather uh, candid language, and now they're seeking bankruptcy protection. What's the latest? Well, Rob, this was the house of cards, and there will be books written on this. But the FTX, it's amazing to see the velocity in what transpired. Binance, which is a separate cryptocurrency exchange, they were looking to buy and acquire FTX. As a result of their due diligence, they really unraveled and found a lot of red flags. Those red flags in the last 36 to 48 hours have been revealed. And now, to your point, you're seeing Bankman Fried step down as CEO and file for Chapter 11. So this $35 billion company a week ago is now being valued at zero. So this is really, uh, you, you talked about the cool weather coming into Chicago this weekend. What a cool front that's just come into cryptocurrencies. And what was the, uh, outside of uh, Binance uh, saying thanks but no thanks to this uh, acquisition deal, uh, what, is that what led to the, what, the, the cryptocurrency equivalent of the run on the bank? Well, what happened was there were so many redemptions coming in once people get nervous, just like any other run on a bank. If you're going for your money back during the Depression to this cryptocurrency. And this goes back to the point we actually talked yesterday. When I first started trading, Rob, at the Chicago Board of Trade, I had to register with FINRA. I had to have a background test, and I was only trading my own money. So the lawlessness and the lack of regulation on some of these cryptocurrency exchanges that are offshore, this is a ramification of that. So right now you are seeing... Um, the House of Financial Services Committee, they want to bring Bankman Fried into the Hill, up in Capitol Hill, and testify about this collapse. We are going to learn a lot from this, and I think there will be some productivity out of this. There'll be more regulation. You look at a name like Coinbase, which is down you know, 80% since its initial IPO. But Coinbase may participate and benefit from the collapse of FTX because there will be more regulation. This is a consequence, and this is a much-needed consequence of the cryptocurrency. And remember, cryptocurrency, which I am a believer in, believer in blockchains and believer in Bitcoin, it's still in its infancy. So this type of volatility is very uh, surprising and alarming. But at the end of the day, not unexpected when we had no regulation, no body like the SEC oversight and overseeing this type of transaction. Outside outside of the regulatory front, uh, this does call to mind 21 years ago, the collapse of Enron, which uh, almost took the entire accounting industry with it. Uh, can we see collateral damage from the collapse of FTX? 
Absolutely. I think it will be contained to a certain extent, but there will be collateral damage. This is a Ponzi scheme. This is a, a reformed, new age, modern Ponzi scheme. And I think you'll see Sequoia Capital. You even saw the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan, an investor in this. So there are ramifications. People will get hurt in this, but I think it's going to be contained in under $35 billion, which is still an enormous amount of money, Rob. Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next in this Entrepreneur Friday, helping businesses rid themselves of predatory loans. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and in this segment, we're learning about predatory business loans and a company that helps relieve that burden. We welcome in Shea Baum, founder and CEO of Wing Lake Capital Partners in Farmington Hills, Michigan, Shea, thanks for joining us today. Uh, this business idea to me is an absolutely fascinating one, and that is small businesses, and it runs the gamut, it sounds like, uh, can find themselves the victims of predatory lenders. Um, and your company basically comes in and gets them out. Uh, what was the uh, aha moment for you? Uh, how are you? Good morning here. I'm on the West Coast. Uh, the aha moment, if you want the honest truth, was uh, accidental. We came across a company that had 17 of these predatory loans totaling somewhere in the range of $33 million. And we bought out uh, the positions and restructured the businesses. And uh, the day or, a day or two after we closed, we actually had 700 deals submitted to us saying, hey, can you get us out of these, you know, out of these situations as well? And I was like, okay, there's a whole world here that we know nothing about. And all these companies are, you know, they just don't have access to the right capital. And as they grow their businesses, they end up in these predatory loans and they just can't get out. And, and short-term financing uh, is the name of the game for uh, uh, lots of small businesses. You just need a little extra cash to keep the lights on until uh, your customer's billing cycle catches up with you and you get paid. It happens a lot, let's say, in government contracts. And um, where do the predatory lenders come in and you know how can you avoid them? So we look for two scenarios. So what you referenced is exactly right, and that is, as a company grows, their needs for working capital, you know, grow with it. Um, government contracts, a great example. Government will pay, you know, 60, 90 days after completion, but you have to pay your employees on Friday and you have to buy your materials up front. Uh, the other thing we look for is, you know, a one-off event that set a company back. So say you have a large customer, a client who files bankruptcy and you get stiffed with the bill and you did everything right. And now, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you can't get bank financing or you can get bank financing, but banks are notoriously slow to act. And your only alternative prior to Wing Lake was going to these predatory lenders. And once you get on that merry-go-round, you can't get off. Uh, there's no company in the world that can afford their cost of capital. And you have uh, between 60 and $100 million in loans on the street at any given time. Uh, what uh, types of businesses uh, do you deal with uh, uh, on a daily basis? And we're in the industry agnostic across the United States. Uh, a lot of trucking, manufacturing, medical practices, um, you name it, we've seen it, entertainment companies, uh, really any small mid-sized business that, uh, and then when you, you mentioned small, you know, in, earlier in the conversation, but a lot of mid-sized companies are having trouble getting bank financing now. And uh, basically the, the industry to us doesn't matter. It's finding a profitable business and attempting to provide the right capital structure so the business can grow. And very quickly, kind of what's your vetting process? You mentioned a, a profitable business. Uh, is, that the, uh, is that the determining factor for you? 
a really strong operator along with a business that if not but for the you know the merchant cash advance loans would otherwise be profitable and then from our perspective it's okay how do we help this company grow other opportunities to scale this business uh, help provide them with the resources they need on the back end in addition to the just the uh, the check up front and scale the business to scale the company and then very quickly you know what uh, what do your clients say to you once you get them out from under these uh, predatory loans Everyone's super appreciative. These are family businesses. Some of them go back generations. And the alternative to Wing Lake is bankruptcy or closing your doors. There's absolutely no way to survive the merchant cash advance. You can't cash flow your way out of the, you know, that interest rate. They don't call it interest, but that cost of capital. Shea Baum, founder and CEO of Wing Lake Capital Partners in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. President Biden salutes members of the military on this Veterans Day. This is Mike Krauser, an Illinois soldier who went missing 70 years ago during the Korean War, is buried with military honors in Belvedere. In Entrepreneur Friday, we meet one of the social equity owners of a Chicago marijuana business, and people who are victims of unexpected layoffs need to act quickly to avoid being caught in the shuffle. WBBM business, the markets are mixed right Right now, the Dow down 37 points, the NASDAQ up 193, and the S&P 500 is up 30, 44 degrees right now in Chicago, under mostly sunny skies, but temperatures falling this afternoon through the 30s. It's 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, America's Commander-in-Chief saluting the troops on this Veterans Day. Here's correspondent Rita Foley. President Biden is remembering one veteran in particular. I can still remember the pride we felt seeing our son, Major Bo Biden, in his uniform. And the worry we felt while he was deployed for a year. President Biden's son, Beau, died of brain cancer in 2015, several years after he was exposed to a burn pit during military service in Iraq. Our veterans are the very spine of America. We owe them. We owe their families and the survivors. We owe you everything. This is the first Veterans Day since President Biden signed legislation expanding health care for service members who were exposed to burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan or to chemicals that were used in previous conflicts. I'm Rita Foley. A suburban soldier who disappeared during the Korean War 70 years ago has been buried with honors northwest of Chicago. Here's WBBM's Mike Krauser. Army Corporal William Zolik of Des Plaines was 18 in 1950 when he was reported missing in action. He died in a POW camp. His remains were identified in February of this year. It, it was mind-blowing to me almost. Uh, I, I still don't know. How to react. His nephew, Arthur Zolik, was present for the ceremony in Belvedere. He spoke to CBS 23 Rockford. I am very fortunate to be here to help him. I mean, I was three years old when he passed away. The burial was attended by veterans, first responders, and children from local schools. Wayne Kirkpatrick with the veterans organization Rolling Thunder. As Americans, we're obligated to honor 
our war heroes. That's the story from Belvedere. More than 80,000 American soldiers are still believed to be missing from wars. The Noon Business Hour continues at 1232, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are mixed right now, but the, the Dow is staging a little bit of a rally. We're joined by Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond, Indiana. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. And it sounds like investors are determined, determined to uh, keep up the momentum from yesterday. Well, it is a, a nice follow-through so far. I, as you mentioned, the, the industrials are approaching kind of flat, but you're getting a real nice follow-through on the NASDAQ, a real nice follow-through on the Russell 2000 small cap index and the S&Ps doing well. So, so that is encouraging and especially encouraging, too, for people that are kind of, you know, economy watchers and, and this idea of a recession or no recession. You know, the Dow Jones transportation average is up over 2% today following a big game yesterday. So, you know, that's an index that, that bears watching because of its economic sensitivity. And, and that'll give you a pretty good idea, uh, you know, if that can continue to kind of mount gains that, you know, perhaps an economic slump, if one is coming, is going to be fairly shallow. Is the uh, mood still uh, bullishness uh, when it comes to interest rates that uh, yesterday's inflation report will uh, lead the Fed to do a little bit of an about-face? Yeah, well, at least today it is. Uh, you know, that that's going to be uh, the big issue going forward. I mean, you know, you had this kind of uh, coming together of a lot of bullish elements for the market over the last couple of days. Obviously, you had an inflation report that may mean that we've seen peak inflation and, and maybe the trajectory is going to continue to be down. That drove interest rates lower. It it drove the dollar uh, weaker, which is, has been kind of a big deal from a corporate earnings standpoint. And then you mixed in there some of the items such as, you know, in, in Ukraine where Russia is pulling out of a major city, um, and, and some other non-market factors that kind of led to this. Uh, but, yeah, the interest rate story and what the Fed is going to do is still going to be very prominent and whether this can sustain itself or not. And and, and there is where I think things are a little bit cloudier for the market. I, I don't think one inflation report makes uh, the Fed slow, you know, take its foot off the gas a lot. And, uh, and and we'll have to wait and see how they react to this. And th- there are such things, and, y- and you know this, you've, t- you've taught me it well, that uh, there are bear market rallies. But uh, you, the Dow goes up 1,100 points. you got to ask yourself, uh, what's the Dow theory saying these days? Well, it, it, it's still bearish. The last major signal under the Dow theory was a bear market signal when the market went to new lows in, in September after, you know, and people kind of forget, but after a pretty vigorous rally that occurred, uh, in, in into kind of mid-August. And in fact, in spite of the big moves that we have seen here recently in the industrials and the Dow Jones transportation average and the S&P 500, we're still below and in some cases well below those peaks that we saw in, in mid-August right before the market really took a downward turn. So we're not out of the woods yet by any means. And again, as you mentioned, it is not unusual to get these types of violent, but all too often short-lived rallies within bear markets. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, a move from law enforcement to the marijuana industry. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 
It's Entrepreneur Friday, and this afternoon we're spotlighting the growing cannabis industry in efforts to diversify ownership. We welcome in Tom Wheeler, founder of GRI Holdings and co-owner of the Green Rose Dispensary, 612 North Wells Street in the old uh, Carson's Ribs location uh, in River North, opening today, as a matter of fact. Tom, uh, thanks for joining us today. It's not, I, I just heard uh, you got the word uh, not too long ago that you can open your doors at 4.30 this afternoon. Yes, and hello, and thank you for having me. And yes, I did just get that word, 4.30 today uh, until 10 p.m. tonight. So it's a great day. It's a great Veterans Day, so it's a nice time to come down and, you know, probably shop around and see what we're all about here. Now, uh, this is a a rather unlikely journey for you, or is it? I mean, you grew up in the uh, Roseland Heights neighborhood on the south side of Chicago. Uh, You were a Chicago police officer. You retired as the commander of the Area 2 Detective Division. Uh, Your entire career has been in law enforcement, and now you are doing something that uh, would have landed someone in front of you not too long ago. That is correct. You know, yeah, it's it's strange how the tables do turn. And, you know, I'm excited to be in this position because it's legal now. So it's like more exciting for me to be a part of this. And, you know, I feel great today and excited about the opening as well. And and Tom, when you were a copper, I mean, did you have kind of thoughts about uh, of about the, the drug trade itself and and you know what was uh, le- illegal and destructive versus uh, stuff that was illegal and harmless? I mean, was this the culmination of, of of a long you know thinking about this issue for a long time? Well, I've always thought about it, you know, and you know, kind of put it in my head, like you know what we were doing so far as making arrests as a police officer and you know there were cases where you know you have a lot of you know cannabis that you make an arrest for and then small amounts so i always did think about that but you know i never thought i would be in this position now looking the other way as being the person that's you know involved directly with selling cannabis and but i tell you it's it's exciting and uh, i look forward to you know, to doing it and having people come out like yourself and visiting uh, the store. And and talk about uh, uh, some some primo real estate, too. I mean, the old Carson's rib lo- Ribs location uh, on Wells in the in the River North neighborhood, lots of hotels nearby, lots of uh, bars and restaurants and, you know, a real active uh, uh, nightlife. I mean, what was like to do? How would you feel when you knew you got that location? Well, it felt great because just like you mentioned, we knew – you know, this is a, a heavy traffic, a foot traffic, and as well, you know, it's uh, Ontario with a feeder ramp. You know, everybody can see, you know, our sign, uh, you know, Green Rose Dispensary. So I was excited that we were able to get it. And, you know, it's encouraging to get this position, too. And it was encouraging for me because the spot also has free parking. We we have free parking available, which is rare in River North, as you know. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, and, and then uh, just for yourself, you know, as, as a businessman now, you know, as, as a partner in this business that's opening today, you know, what are some of the thoughts that are going through your head, you know, this opening afternoon anticipation that you have now? Well, you know, it's the anticipation of knowing that all of the employees that we're going to have working today and going forward, um, their background is in cannabis they've they've been working at different dispensaries and they have a great great background in doing you know the business in cannabis so i'm encouraged with that because we and we have a really diversified group of individuals too 
in our, you know, employees here too. So we have, you know, females, you know, African-American, Hispanics. So we have a very diversified group and I just look forward to them, you know, you know, doing their thing because they have a great background experience in this. And, and that's encouraging for me as well. Tom Wheeler, founder of GRI Holdings, co-owner of Green Rose Dispensary, 612 North Wells Street in Chicago, opening at 4.30 this afternoon, the website greenroseil.com. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. An unexpected layoff can be a traumatic event. Let's learn about the steps you can take to get you back on your feet quickly with Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert with Robert Half, based in Chicago. Michelle, thanks for joining us today. Obviously, all of the stories about the uh, tumultuous uh, situation going on inside Twitter, mass layoffs there and at Meta, uh, gets you in the frame of mind of wondering what you would do if you find yourself in that situation. And uh, even though the uh, job market is still very tight and very hot, uh, can you expect finding a new job before the new year if you're laid off today? Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, even with some companies reporting layoffs, I can tell you that demand is still very strong uh, for skilled talent. And so there are definitely job openings out there and available if you do your homework. If uh, you're on the white collar side of the equation um, and uh, you are laid off, uh, should you consider uh, retaining a labor lawyer right off the jump from Jump Street uh, just because of uh, uh, severance agreements and the possibility that a company might be firing you for cause just to get out from underpaying you? Well, you know, I think it's always good to just look at all your agreements, maybe anything, any type of employment agreement or non-compete that you would have signed um, initially upon taking that job, you know, review all of those documents. I don't know, it's always required that you get a lawyer, but, you know, it's good to just refresh your memory from the time that you were hired before you start that new job search. And then uh, how much stuff should you keep uh, as far as correspondence is concerned before your access to the uh, uh, company's uh, computer system is uh, cut off? Well, I think you always want to be uh, very careful that you're not forwarding any type of company proprietary information, but certainly you want to keep track of anything that's going to help you sit down and update that profile or resume. You know, sometimes if you've been at a company for a long time, it's difficult to remember maybe projects that you've accomplished or certificates or awards that you've won. And so, you know, I always say keep a file of kind of all the great things that you've done over the years at work that will help you with that resume profile kind of update. And then uh, after that, uh, once the severance agreement has been signed, it's off to LinkedIn, off to coffees, off to lunches, off to network. Absolutely. You are dead on. I would say the number two thing to do after updating your profile and resume is really reconnect with your network. You know, make sure that everyone out there that you know knows that you're looking get back in front of, you know, industries, organizations, any type of networking that you can do. Because again, the market is still, you know, very open with um, roles. And a lot of times it is about who you know and what you know. And then uh, very quickly, you know, the, with the, the state of the job market right now, is it still, uh, is it still uh, does, the, does the worker have a great deal of leverage at this moment in time? Um, I I do think there is still some leverage available, you know, whether it be compensation or on-site or remote. Um, But I think that leverage has tightened a little bit. So just make sure that you do your homework, you know, on the role, the compensation, you know, hot industries, et cetera, 
before kind of going in and making your demands. Um, you know, really remember your your job is to find the right perfect opportunity for you. Maybe not, you know, always worrying about negotiating on, you know, all the extra stuff. Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert with Robert Half. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of the Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.